welcome to the Car Sim and Race Driver Show, presented by Hugh Hattrick. Drive fast and try not to crash. Good evening and a warm welcome to all of our viewers around the world. And tonight is a very, very special evening. We have Kirith Cart. Good evening, Kirith. It's great to have what, you on the show. What an intro. What a highlight yeah. reel that was. <laughs> well, no, it's me. I always regard all my all my guests as legends of the sport of GT sport racing. And we've you've done some amazing stuff. So we'll get into all of that in a few minutes' time. Um, but uh, a warm welcome to you on the show. And we've got lots of people waiting with questions. Um, so it's great to see you all tonight from I know all over the world, from New Zealand and Australia, um, some people getting up at half past five in the morning um, just for the show, which is very much appreciated. So Kirith, from the beginning, as they do like in Star Wars, how does it all start your, your racing? Because you're a carter and you're a sim racer. What, what, what started first? I think, yeah, it, it is interesting to think of it like that. Now, the kind of the two paths of karting and, and sim racing have basically combined to be the same thing. So I see karting and sim racing as my main hobby now. But I didn't jump in a kart till I was 18, actually. So definitely it was sim racing, or can really call it sim racing, but racing games at the beginning. So I guess if I really think about it, my first ever my first ever kind of memory of playing a game actually was I had, and I must be about, oh, I don't know, like five or something. Huh? Was I, I had a hand-me-down laptop. It's like a compact laptop. Um, and the screen was broken on it. Someone had stepped on it, which is why it made its way to me. And <laughs> it was MS-DOS, so there's no Windows or anything like that. It was all just, you know, type of, I think, black and white. Um, so I plug it into a monitor, and on that laptop was Jeff Cramman's GP1 oh, um, with all of the names, you know, Coulthard, Schumacher, wow. Gerhard Berger, um, just, all, you know, all of those now like iconic names in F1, Hackenham, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I used to play that. I used to have A and Z on my keyboard and the... Um, Full stop in the comma. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was my first ever memory of playing a racing game. And that was that was by far the best game I, I had for years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in my head, the graphics in that game are just, just like phenomenal, better than GT Sport. So that was my first ever game. Obviously, F1 was big in my family, so we used to watch F1 all the time mm. on a Saturday and Sunday. Um, and then, yes, I, I kept playing racing games. My, my first ever console was a, I got a Game Boy Color. Um, when I was maybe, oh, I don't know, about eight, seven or eight or something like that. Uh -huh. And that had a racing game called RC Pro-Am on it, which was like an isometric, um, you know, racing game. We used to control yeah. RC cars going on track and it was all very basic. But was, that was a game I played for ages as well. Uh -huh. um, and then when I was... I'm really kind of delving back in the memories here. When I was about, <laughs> I think I just, yeah, so when I was about 12 or 13, my grandparents got an Xbox. Yeah. Um, and they, they lived a long way away, but when I used to visit them, he used to play on the Xbox. And that Xbox came with one 
DVD that had Sega GT and Jet Set Radio Future on it, which is just like, it's the most value out of any disc I've ever got. So Sega GT was my first, not really a sim racer, but like a GT style racer. I didn't know it at the time because I'd never played GT Sport and um, Gran Turismo, sorry, but it was very similar to Gran Turismo. You have to yeah. buy your cars and work your way up and apply upgrades and stuff. So that was that for a long time. Then, you know, I had I went through PCs. So I was having games on PCs like F1 2001 by EA Sports. I had I had a I had a Microsoft Sidewinder wheel. I actually didn't really use a lot. And then I didn't get I didn't get into really into GT style games until when I was doing my GCSEs, weirdly, we got a PlayStation 2 that came with GT4. Uh-huh. So that was kind of like <laughs> a bit tempting when I was doing my revising my exams. But um but yeah I really enjoyed that and that was a great game. Yeah. And then but even that that PS2 by then was like years and years and years old. GT4 had been out for like forever. Yeah. When I was 18, I think on my 18th birthday, I got an Xbox 360, and that came with Forza Motorsport 4. And that is the first time I kind of started taking it a little bit more seriously and just messing around and crashing into people. Yeah. yeah. So I, I turned ABS off and I tried to get a single player, I tried to like, you know, get a bit of my braking. All the way through here, by the way, I'd never, never done manual gears ever. Uh-huh. So I wasn't taking it that seriously. I was just messing around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I guess at 18, that's when the... Cu- that's my kind of history of playing racing games. And then at 18, when I went to university, I started karting for the first time. So um, I remember I saw, I saw like a poster in the university, like a black A4, you know, someone made it on Word saying, do you want to drive go-karts? If so, come to this room at this time. Wow. And I went there at that time, and there were there were four of us in the room. There was a guy who had written the poster, and there were three others. Um, yeah. One was a guy who was doing dentistry. One was a guy who was doing business, and it was me. Yeah. And this guy who organised said, look, I've, ent- I've managed to get as an entry to this championship called the British University's Karting Championship. They use these carts called Club 100. They're really fast. Right. Yeah. I've got budget from the uni. We just need to turn up. Wow. And we were like, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then my so university, I did a lot of karting with those guys, ended up actually running the society or the club with them. Um, one of them still does Club 100 and is very fast. He's a class one driver. One of them went back to Malaysia and now works for Porsche or something. And now I kind of, you know, do sim racing. So it's interesting how that yeah, how it's... kind of, yeah. Um, yeah. and then just just to tie it off I guess I got I, I didn't do karting after uni for a long time I was mm-hmm. playing a lot of football a lot of rugby playing football and rugby about three times a week and it was only a couple of years ago I started to for like parties and stuff I suggest I why don't we go go-karting and things like that and you know in in the kind of like the, the stag events and you know the yeah. mates karting I was I was okay. He kind of rekindled that. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Actually, I, I spent some time at university getting okay at karting. And I always thought university, by the way, I, was, I thought I'm way too old to go go karting. There yeah. were loads of other people who have been karting since they were kids. And I, and I thought, I'm way too old for this. Whereas now I look back and think, 
if I'd carried on like my mate, <laughs> I might be a lot better. It's weird how that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there are a lot of older people in in karting, uh, even in in the in the quite in the quite high up championships, aren't they? It seems they've been doing it for a long time, but it is it is a great thing to do. But carry on, carry on. You were you were saying. Um, I can't remember where, where was I? Yeah, so I, then I'm seeing karting a bit like casually every so often, and then last year I started going to a track called Daytona Sandown Park kind of more regularly and you know winning races there like the open races and I thought okay well I'm kind of I'm reaching the limit here of how much better I'm going to be in terms of the composition because it's just it's just open races and people are coming for fun and I'm, that's great but maybe I can try and be better so end of last year I started doing I tested again for Club 100 um, and got approved or whatever to come back into Club 100 I did a few like um, one-off Club 100 races. And at the beginning of this year, I, I started Club 100 again, kind of full-time. Um, it's been a weird season, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I've, yeah. I've done about uh, six or seven rounds, maybe, uh-huh. um, in the last year. And then at the beginning of this year, I did a um, GT Sport training session with David Perrell. Oh wow! Right at the beginning of the year, so very early January, and that that is kind of when I first started to take GT Sport seriously. It's not quite the right word, but mm-hmm. you know, putting a lot of time in GT Sport and kind of exploring what I could do in it and really enjoying it and enjoying getting faster and enjoying going up the rankings and you know seeing fast drivers ahead of me and actually. Because that's that's the beauty of GT Sport. You see the same drivers again and again and again, and everyone's improving. And it's like when I go down to the local karting circuit, if if when we're in a changing room, I see a few people that you know I know are fast, and they can yeah. you know kind of you, you enjoy it. Like it's gonna be a good race. I've got to raise my game here. It's the same mm-hmm. in GT Sport when I, when the lobby loads up, you kind of see these names. Uh-huh. Um, so I've been, I've enjoyed that process, and then yeah, kind of the the last I don't know what is it. Yeah, all of this year has been kind of leading up to where we are now, kind of doing, taking duty sport, I say, quite seriously. I need to think of that word seriously, but, you know, spending a lot of time in it, um, doing a bit of iRacing and stuff like that, um, you know, streaming, just having the best community in duty sport, full stop. There's no yeah. better community than the free Bentos racing community. <laughs> I always, everybody says that when they come on the show. They always defend their community. <laughs> no, it is. It is. It's very, very relaxed. Obviously, I was watching a bit of it last night, and when I just made a comment or two here, and it was just nice because you were just talking about the pedals, your mm. pedal set, and how they moved and all of that while watching a Renault Clio Cup car race around the track, and then you were you were doing all of that there. So no, it's, it is a very, very good community. I think the whole of sim racing is really becoming something very special because a lot of us, you know, we're all motorsport fans and we love to watch the action in real life, but this is a great way for us to get into motorsport. And I think it's reinvigorating a lot of motorsport fans um, because now we can't wait to get to a real a real event. Um, and I think as things hopefully um, ease up with COVID, there'll be a chance that there'll be a lot more sim events at like Brands Hatch and Silverstone. And so I think hopefully more people will be going to these things and because you feel you can take part in them as well. Um, yeah. When you see what happens with things like Gran Turismo, uh, Tijani, for example, doing that way back in 2013 with the, I think it was with Nissan, wasn't it, when they had the, the, the championship with that. Yeah. So there's all sorts of things happening. And the more I speak to um, some racers and, and commentators, they're all saying this, that they can't wait 
to actually have the release of COVID because there's so many things they want to do, new mm. racing leagues they want to do, like with things like the sim grid and others. Um, it all seems to be happening. Um, so how have you found this year after being given training with David Perel? How did that change your driving on GT Sports? The main thing that changed for me is that uh, it's something that I've applied in both karting and sim racing. I always, I always thought the way to get faster was to break as late as possible. Um, and David Perel just just completely busted that myth for me. It's about being smooth. It's about not asking the the car and the tires to do too much. It's about carrying the most speed through the corners. Mm. And if you if you're just breaking way too late and asking the tires to do too much and going through in like a cloud of smoke, yeah, it's not fast. Yeah. So we we did um the we did our session at Dragon Trail Gardens, and um. There's like a multi apex sequence there. It's like eight million apexes. Yeah, yeah. Basically, oh yeah, at the front, towards the end of the circuit. Yeah, yeah. And if you go, if you're going too hot, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So yeah. David Perry was just saying, just you don't need to be on the throttle here. Just, just turn the wheel. You've got enough speed. Be off the throttle. Let the car coast through. And that was something that had never ever occurred to me. I always thought I either need to be on the brake or the throttle, really. Mm-hmm. And that kind of that was my first real. I don't know what the word is, but you know, actual building block of sim racing. There's yeah. other things now about being progressive on the brake, being progressive off the brake, trail braking, um, you know, not dropping the throttle as soon as you kind of get around the hairpin, and mm-hmm. those kind of things have all come, I think, hopefully. But that that one about just it's all right. Sometimes you don't need to be on the throttle. Yeah, just slow is fast. Uh-huh. And that was the thing I took away the most. And it, yeah, I think it has actually been quite, quite important for my racing. So we'll start with some of the questions from our very eager audience here. And uh, for all of you who are watching, make sure you write more in the comments and I'll pick the, as many as I can for Kiris um, to, to answer. And the first one that was right at the very top was, how do you manage to read the corners so well? How do I manage to read the corners so well? I don't know, that's a bit of a difficult question. Um, if that question is, how do I read corners well when I haven't done a trap before or a combo, I think it is by applying those principles and just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, trying to understand, well, what comes after this corner? Is it a straight? Is it another corner? Is it a left-hander? Is it a right-hander? Where should I position the car? Do I need to be carrying a lot of speed in here? Do I need to actually be braking a lot earlier? So those are kind of principles that I try and apply. And it, it is actually quite important for me because with karting, I go around circuits and in Club 100 and some of the in some of the championships, you only get like literally five minutes practice yeah. before you're in the race. So you need to learn the track as quick as possible. So I think kind of, yeah, learning tracks quickly is something I want to be better at. I mean, this week, when we did it on Sunday for Daily Race C, I, I don't think I was very good at it, actually. So that was a bit disappointing. But it's, yeah. it's something normally I like to kind of try and get on top and, and try and understand where I should be carrying speed and not carrying speed. I don't really watch track guys anymore. I used to watch track guys all the time. Yeah. But now I, I don't watch track guys and I just try and find my own way, kind of find the speed and then follow faster drivers on track. We're lucky we can do that because we have very fast drivers in the community. Yeah. But I don't know if that answered the question or if that even was the question. Yeah, no, no, that was a very good, very good answer to the question. And there I was saying that they're all easy questions. 
but that yeah. one had to <laughs> got you going from the start. But uh, now here is a question from Keith will own you. Um, it is in kart racing. I noticed that the back support barely covers the lower half of the back. Is mm. there a reason for that? Um, I know what you're saying. I think there are some rental carts in the States where they have a full back up the top to give you kind of neck support and it just looks weird. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. Most kart seats in the UK that I'm aware of are made by a guy called Keith Tillet, I think. Tillet seats. Uh -huh. So that's the way he's done it and he's like a he's like a cart guru um it does does allow you to move your top half of your body around so yeah. when i'm going around a, a very fast high speed corner i will lean my body to the outside and try and get more weight on yeah. that outside wheel so i get a bit more grip if I, if it was a bit more restricted i wouldn't be able to do that yeah um it might i don't know if it's a safety thing or not you think if the car turns over it'd be safer having kind of almost like a roll hoop thing yeah, I don't, it's actually something I never really thought about. Um, it's, yeah, some people don't need them, and some people do, isn't it? I, I always need them because it's the way my back is. Um, it's too rough, and I'll, I'll find out. I used to do it without the the, the support, and I would cut my you back. Mean, you mean the inside? Oh, so I thought you were talking about the the height of the seat, because the heights or, of the seat are low compared to racing seats. They don't have any support. But in terms of the insert, I always yeah. wear an insert because uh, um, it's sore on your sides, isn't it? Yeah, it's sore um, on the. You feel it if you don't. Um, on your hips and things, and on your on your on your stomach and things around the, around the sides. But uh, yeah, no, I I remember once walking away from a, a go karting event in Lanzarote. We were just there on holiday, and it was a, an arrive and drive. It was an amazing circuit because it was right in, in near a volcano. And you literally, if you went off, they would never find you because it was over a hill and just dropped away to nothing at all. But it was a great kart track. Um, but uh, I hadn't been wearing the support, and when I walked away, um, someone said, "Oh, your back's bleeding." And I looked mm. at the back and I'd cut myself on the back because they have the it's the screws in the sides, I think. So it must have just been an odd bit where they put it yeah. on the seat and I that think, had dug in. I think the health and safety, and I've been to a few tracks in the Canary Islands, and yeah, the health <laughs> and safety are not, not that high. No. The, the good thing about wearing an insert is that if you have a if you have a crash without an insert, you can actually break your ribs yeah. and fairly yeah. innocuously. Um, yeah. I've definitely had bruised ribs before, but the insert just kind of you know, Aye, keeps you a bit safer. Aye. So in terms of racing now and your favourite games, is GT Sport really your number one game that you like to, I know obviously you play it a lot, but is there anything else that you like to play or is it your number one favourite? I, I want I want iRacing to be my favourite game. <laughs> I'd love <laughs> to be like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm always in iRacing, but iRacing, I'm just, I'm still not quite there with iRacing. So yeah, GT Sport is my favourite game. GT Sport is the best value. I'm not talking mm. about Sega GT and Jet Set Radio Future on one disc before, but GT Sport is probably even better value. It's yeah. just phenomenal. The amount of tracks, the amount of cars. The great thing about the community that we have is we, we try out different combos, unusual combos. Uh -huh. So yesterday, was it yesterday? We were in we were in a Bugatti VGT that we'd never ever drive otherwise. And it's one of the cars in the game. And it's a great car to drive. And it's just in iRacing, you have to pay £15 for every car. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, G GT Sport is it's a quality quality game my, my only kind of the only thing to bear in mind with GT Sport is that ABS is basically always on yeah, like, yeah. That is a, it's a good leveller but mm. it's also something to be conscious of because when you when you go into a car or you know go into iRacing you don't you don't have that luxury so that that's the only kind of you know yeah. thing that I notice and I, I'm a, I would like more ABS off racing GT Sport I think that would be interesting but yeah it's just such a good value for money it's a phenomenal game 
And it is, it is, it, I mean, and, and it's always been good value, and you can pick them up second hand for next to nothing. So people starting out, it's a great game um, to to get to to get off with and to start start your career um, with racing. Now we've got another great question from Ian B fifty five. It says, "How did the name?" Sorry, can I just I saw Rory in the chat. Rory, I bought this using your affiliate link, so hopefully you got some got some dosh, Rory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But um, I didn't. I just I used your affiliate link and then I bought it. So um, you'll, be, you'll be expecting a Christmas card back from Rory then for for helping him out. Yeah. For that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. But um, but yes. Um, no, I was going to ask the question there. Um, how did the name Frey Bentos come about for the team? So Frey Bentos Racing. So I've, I've had to tell us a few times now because there are people was like, "What's going with Frey Bentos Racing?" So the 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 Correct. I feel like this is on. Do you know when? What's that TV show where they talk about your history? It's like, or the um, who uh, are you? This is this is your life. So, yeah, know, there's one that they like. They go proper back in your family. Um, oh yeah, the history. Oh, I know what you mean. Um, oh, this is you who you are, or something. Or, yeah, or, something like that. Anyway, yeah, it's on the BBC. Uh, yeah. Um, I feel like this. I've, this is kind of the the history of Ray Bentos Racing. So if we go, if we open up those books and go back to Victorian times. So we were doing a race, and there's a guy in our community called Steve, also known as Interstellar Dweller, also known as Venture Twenty Six. And we were talking about what track we should do next, and people were saying should we do Seaside, should we do Monza? And Steve, in a in a hurry, said, "Let's go to Beans Hatch." So let's <laughs> say Brands Hatch. We said Beans Hatch in his excitement. So um. That got us thinking. What other, what other tracks could be named after tinned foods? <laughs> I think about spam, frock and shomps, and there were some other ones I can't remember. But then we were like, we, we don't actually know enough tinned foods, so we were trying to work out other tinned foods, and um, yeah, we came up with free bentos, and then the the rest, as they say, is history. Ah, uh, because I've seen free bentos. You get them every good farm foods, and every every kind yeah. of store, aren't they? That's it. I think I think a lot of people in the community have had free bentos um, <laughs> at one point, you know, for good or for worse. But I think the most important thing about free bentos, or the best thing about free bentos, is the fantastic liveries yeah. that people create. So big shout out to the likes of Al, Barry, Alex Wilmot, just creating like just unbelievable liveries about free bentos. Al's, if anyone hasn't seen Al's free bentos racing R8 Group Three, it is just absolutely stunning. Um, and yeah, that, that's the history of Frey Bentos. Now you know that's the name of our our kind of you know community. We we say we're Team KRT racing at the moment uh -huh. for Frey Bentos racing. I think there was a there was a discussion earlier about whether we whether we switch over to Chicago Town. Uh, <laughs> make we'll have to see. <laughs> that's very good. I have to admit, I do like all these food kind of positionings and all the how you name it all after uh, that's brilliant um and so what are your kind of goals now now that you're heading off with with gt sport and you're up into a plus what would be your ideal target for gt sport i don't yeah it's, that's a good question actually i'd probably know um gt sport is, is probably coming to like end of life um because mm. yeah the new one will be coming in next year isn't it um once they launch ps5 the thing is about gt sport is that I feel like there's I've never, never really thought about this so much, but I guess there's like a hierarchy of drivers. So you, at the top, you kind of have inverted commas professional drivers or semi-pro, mm. 
or people that can spend many many hours a day practicing and it's it's very difficult difficult to compete with these guys because they put in so much time and they they reap the rewards of it they they know the traps and the cars and the combos and the quirks of the game and everything inside out and they mm. are super super fast and then kind of below that you have the very 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 fast drivers who you know are also working or you know can't quite put in the time um or, or they're streaming for example so they 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 can't just kind of knuckle down and yeah they can't like just just do it on their own they're kind of streaming and being entertaining everything and then uh-huh. below that or maybe i've fallen that i don't know and then below that you kind of have like average drivers like me who are just trying to become better but don't uh-huh. have all the time and we're streaming as well so it would be nice to race against so we're a plus now i think when we last did an fia last saturday we got 250 points which is just not yeah, that's pretty. Good. So it'd, be, it'd be good to kind of race with more people in that second category. So I guess people like Rory, people like Key, although Key is very fast. Like the other YouTubers, people like Basically. Yeah. We, we race from time to time. In fact, we had some very good battles with Basically a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. Uh, we raced with Super GT before. But it'd be kind of good to be in the mix. In the mix there, I think it's like a personal goal. Uh-huh. That would be really, really cool to buy, be in that mix. And um, so, as you were saying earlier, with GT. Uh, seven coming very very soon what would you like to see in that game what would be your ideal improvements uh from from the current game dynamic weather i just yeah. i would love um i i've always wanted to do endurance racing like proper endurance like you know six 12 hour racing and have that sensation of time passing and you know maybe you know it gets wet and then it gets dry and stuff like that so yeah di- for me dynamic weather bigger grids uh-huh. and the game is pretty good <laughs> yeah. so it's not not a huge wish list for me i mean if you if you take the accessibility of gt sport and the fact people can play it on a controller and be very very fast and mm-hmm. you know, it's cheap and you get a lot relatively speaking you get a lot of content included and then you bring in like the dynamic weather and the grids of of like acc and i racing and then also, which is something, something now that doesn't interest me that much, but I know it interests a lot of people, which is kind of the old school GT of, you know, used cars and, um, yeah. you know, all the single player progression. Uh-huh. That, that's, that sounds like a hell of a game. So, yeah, from my perspective, it's, it's pretty good. If it was basically the same game with bigger grids and dynamic weather, I'd be we'd probably very happy. Yeah. And, of course, the big question that seems to be the one at the moment is the penalty system. Uh, I'm sure you'll get it from your community as well of unfair penalties and all sorts of claims. Um, what do you think at the moment of the penalty system? Do you think it's working well or do you think it's not so good? The, I think the penalty system is it's a it's a means to an end, actually. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes I forget. The penalty system is, is there to kind of influence driver behaviour, actually. Yeah. So if the penalty system has made the racing cleaner, the penalty system is doing its way in a job. So I think we all agree that the penalty system has got harsher. And yeah. unlike in previous iterations, they haven't kind of, you know, taken it back a step. It's just been yeah. kept there. But I have to say, in all of the the, the kind of A-plus races I do, maybe that's what we should expect, but the standard of driving is very high and very fair. Uh-huh. Um, when I do my cap racing and I go from the back, it's as bad as it always has been. And I think that's because the incentive doesn't apply there. People there yeah. aren't really that worried about trying to get to A or to A+. Mm. There's no... If you get enough... Pen, the, 
you never get disqualified from a race, no matter how many penalties you accrue. Yeah. So there's no disincentive for these drivers to change their driving style. So if you take someone who's playing a lot of Need for Speed or, you know, whatever arcade games accrue and stuff like that, um, they can apply that driving style on GT Sport online and there's no, there's actually no penalty for them. So maybe it's a, it's a tale of two games now, as I've often said in the stream. It's like when you go from the back in like CB lobbies, it is a completely different game to, to doing like an A plus race. Completely yeah. different. Maybe that's the way it's always going to be. Aye. It's, 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 uh, it is fascinating as to how it all works and what people, what's people's views on how can they make it better? How can we get it? You know, is it, is it fair enough? And as you say, if you can't get disqualified, then there isn't an incentive to do any better if you're at the lower grids. I mean, I suppose people starting out want to try and improve. And a lot of guys, I know that probably like yourself, have more than one PSN and you have a second one to try and build or try and start from the back. You've still got that, you know, you're wanting to try and improve and, and get up there. Um, and so you're competing against people who maybe have never played before or they're just starting out, isn't it? So the radar's not on. Um, they don't look in their mirrors. They don't have parking sensors or anything to try and help them see where you are on the circuit and things like that. So it does make a big difference. But um, what would you say, I mean, you were saying that you, you'd had a very good result at one of the FIAs. You got 295 points in one of the races. What's been two, your two, best two, race? I wish I got 295. <laughs> what was it? 250. 250. Oh, that's that. I got 19 my last attempt. So <laughs> I got 19 when I attempted it a few okay. weeks back. Um, but uh, I started reasonable and I went back right to the back and I got spun off all over the place. But um, um, but so what's been your best race in, in recent weeks and months? That's been my best race last week, last Saturday. Um, the, the best racing I have in GT Sport, and basically I never ever play GT Sport unless I'm streaming. So every time I play GT Sport, I'm streaming. The best racing we have is on the Fridays and the Sundays and we actually have our own lobbies because there's that element of racing really hard but also really fair and sometimes in the despite what i've just said about premises and sometimes in the daily races people are racing hard but people won't give you a place back it's yeah, just like prison's dilemma kind of thing you don't actually know who you're racing against really whereas in the lobbies we do it's very very hard and fair otherwise in in terms of the the daily race in fia yeah, the, the the race at fia last saturday was probably one of our best races in g-sport ever uh -huh. we a few, I don't know if it's months ago now, when we did our road to A+, mm -hmm. we did a week where we were like, right, we're going to try to get to A+, now. There were two days where we tried, um, we were getting so close to that, I can't remember if it's 50,000 DR, so close. Um, it was at Largo Maguris, the track hadn't, hadn't really driven before, but mm -hmm. we really went for it, and we streamed for like, I don't know, six hours or something. And we were, we were taking these points and getting close and then losing points and losing and gaining points, losing points. And eventually we did it. But that was some of the best racing because they were, it actually meant something a bit more. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is, I think that's one of the cool things about sim racing is that online sim racing is that there's a lot more context to it. You're racing against real people. When you go side by side into a corner, yeah, you get an extra layer of, you know, I really want to break late in this person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, those, those are probably the two on, on sport mode, probably the ones that stand out the most. I mean, I've done so much racing this year. It kind of, you know, there's a, there's a lot. <laughs> um, but those two, yeah, stand out. Yeah. I, now, one of the questions we have here, we've got lots of uh, very supportive things that say, Friday night's lobbies are the best. 
um, and uh, and what was it? Uh, um, the Anders Pack has said the Sim Hub. It's made by Bugbear Bites. Wreckfest flat out. Their first game, I believe, is quite old and quite hard. Um, and then you're also saying that your uh, your let's say, uh, uh, the FIA race that you did last week was superb. Um, and Baz FBR says, don't remind me of those races and the Red Bull Juniors. Um, it must have been memorable as to what happened. Well, with- ba- Barry was in my FIA race. So, and I, I had number 20 on my car. So we're in a very high lobby um, mm. with some very fast drivers. It, it wasn't that many splits down from top split. Um, and I, I had 20 on my car. I don't know what Barry had. And we, we thought, right, we're going to try and do a slipstream here in Quali. Oh. So we were all really excited. We were streaming. We're like, yeah, let's do the slipstream. And then I think Barry went first to lead me out. And then the slipstream was so strong, I caught him. And then we like hit each other and it just we wrecked both of our laps. The next time I went ahead and I went too far ahead and Barry never caught up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in the end we didn't we we completely bottled it. It was it was yeah, it was really good fun in we had two free Bentos racing Red Bull Junior cars out there in, in FIA and quite a high split. And we were working as a team. It was very it was very, very cool. But I think Barry, the the race the race didn't go according to plan for Barry, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. I know that that seems to be the case, isn't it? Now, we've got a question from Lippy Racing. Um, if I can find it here, it was just in my uh, of travel here. Uh, it was, what is your favourite track and car combination in GT Sport? I think Monza or Seaside in Group 3s. Um, I, I really enjoy Monza. I just mm. don't know what it is about Monza. Monza, when it's sunny, I feel like it it kind of it gets to the essence of racing other people yeah. which is side by side who's going to break later can you defend the cutback you know it, it just that's what the track is it's just such a great track yeah um and you have to be you get to the point where you can be very 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 consistent with your braking mm-hmm. um i don't know if you feel the same way but it's kind of if you do a long race at monza by the end of the race you feel like you're, you're braking on a 50 pence piece yeah, yeah. One, for example. So yeah, I love Monza, and then Dragon Trail Seaside because of you know Desha Kane. Yeah. Some of the most iconic virtual track in history, and I think what they did to create that track is is phenomenal. The fact it's a it's a made up track is, and it's it's so good, and it works the other way around. It's not quite as good the other way around to say. Yeah, yeah I think normal way is better. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it is fantastic. I mean, the surrounding effects as well are, are lovely, um, and they have put a huge amount of work into that. I know a lot of people remember the, the early the early tracks from uh, Gran Turismo, and they are nice, but I'm kind of not so sure if they're that fitting for today's races because more people have gone for like the real race tracks and also the ones that they've had in the last few years, which have actually been pretty good. So I wonder if in the new game, if they bring that about, if that will make a big difference, if people will really like it. It's almost like going back as well to being able to tune your car and go up the grid that way. I'm not so sure now that that will maybe take off as much because... I think people love GT Sport because of multiplayer and because you can go online and race. And I wonder whether, although it's a nice thing to have, will that actually um, you know, be an added benefit to the game um, for a lot of people or will it just be ignored? Because I think now, I don't know about yourself, I don't tend to do the career mode very much. Um, you might do the circuit training and things like that, but do you find that you've done much of that in GT Sport? No, I haven't done any of it. But I yeah. think it's also... And like I was saying when I was talking about, you know, what GT7 might bring, I know that is a, that is a big feature for a lot of people. 
and it is a mm-hmm. it's a cool feature. It's just, I think for other people, it's not that important. But when we were talking about my kind of gaming history and my first ever GT style game, which was Sega GT on mm-hmm. the original Xbox, like two thousand and three or something, you know, I played that single player yeah. for hours and hours and hours and hours and days. Mm-hmm. And now it would be incredibly boring and mundane for me to kind of do that to grind, yeah, short races to afford a new exhaust on my car. <laughs> it doesn't it yeah. doesn't interest me as much. But when I was a when I was younger, it did. But also online race that was before Xbox Live probably. So yeah, it's, but so for other people, I can see it's important, and I think it's good that they're going to add it. For me, I really enjoy racing against other people. Yeah, that yeah. in its own is is the test rather than the test of how long can I grind you know this track for XP or credits or whatever um yeah. I'm now much more about that you know it's it's about it's a test of yourself and the test of yourself against other drivers and that yeah it's what what I enjoy the most so I'm sure yeah. lots of people enjoy it I think a lot of people who have nostalgia for old GT games will enjoy it whether the the kind of new fans of the people that ps5 was their first console enjoy it that much i don't know but yeah i'll have to see that's the thing we've got a very good question um here from uh, baz fbr says kirith now that you have up- upgraded your t150 to the csl elite how much more confident do you feel taking on some of fbr top drivers such as roswald and nm minus one i don't think the T150 to the CSLE is going to make that much of a difference. I don't think. I think the difference may come in the pedals. So if I can get the load cells set up right, so I can really use them in the way that they're going to help me, which is going to be very consistent, no flex. I can kind of gauge how I'm braking by the pressure I'm applying. That Mm -hmm. may make a difference. But as I said at the time when we were talking about getting them, I don't think new kit makes you faster. I think it's it's um i don't know if it's it's like with cars if you if you have a you know a beat down you know hatchback and then you exchange it for a you know nice coupe it's actually not going to make you faster getting to the city it's just going to make it more comfortable it's it's kind of the same with the sim racing equipment it's not going to make me faster that's down to me but it's making it more enjoyable it's also giving me more headaches (laughs) in terms (laughs) of how i mount stuff and but that is also part of the enjoyment of sim racing. Yeah, um, yeah. I definitely am an advocate for sim racing being as accessible as possible. Yeah. And you don't need equipment to do it. There's lots of people that play on a pad and who are very mm-hmm. fast. People like Dotonet, people like Travisio, who's another Club 100 driver, who, um, you know, has, has been top split. He is top split. People mm-hmm. like Tichney, who was GT Academy. People like Marky Boy, who's another Club 100 driver. Yeah. You know, lots of people on, on pads are very, very fast. So yeah. it is possible, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Now we have a good question here from AL71B. Question Do you do you plan to display your T150 like a trophy? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no. It's just in the cupboard somewhere in case this one breaks. Yeah. Uh, it but that is something I have thought about for other stuff like electronics mm-hmm. and things that you feel you have memories about. Um, you know, the other day I was rummaging through some stuff, some screws. And I found my old, my, my old Game Boy in this 
bottom of this box because it turned on actually. So that Game Boy hadn't been turned on for probably like more than a decade. Wow. And it just goes show I just accidentally flipped the switch and it, it did the Game Boy sound. And yeah. I was thinking, oh that's cool. It, stuff like that, I think it would it it would be nice to kind of yeah, display it. So I just don't have enough stuff space to display anything. But the the idea of displaying equipment and t- gadgets and things that you have used for a long time, like old phones that you use yeah. for is I I don't know why we don't do it more. Um Yeah, it's a kind of historical thing. It's like you know in many museum in your house, yeah. isn't it, when you have things like that. Now um I'm sure people are seeing on the video there are a couple of big trophies in the background there, along with that very snazzy looking helmet. And um, that uh, what are those trophies from? Trophies are from so last couple of months I've been entering a championship at uh Day Tennis Anna Park, which is the track that I kind of got back into karting doing open races. So last two rounds I entered their championship and last two rounds I I picked up these trophies. So actually I uploaded the video today of the latest one race and the latest round I did. Um but yeah, it's nice to I'm not crazy about there's a, I've got loads of trophies from open races and stuff all over the place and loads more that I've lost. I'm not not crazy about trophies, but these ones are nice because it's nice to go back to the track where it kind of all started again for me and mm. actually be competing for trophies. That is that is cool. But but also to caveat it, karting is like a and sim racing as well, it's like a hierarchy, it's like a ladder, and yeah. it just goes all the way up to the top. Oh. So, you know, I'm not I'm not as fast in the car as Nathan or Roswald. Yeah. Or Travisi or Marky Boyle or any of the other Club 100 drivers I race with. So it's kind of if you when you when I'd race in Club 100, I tend to finish 18th, 19th, 20th out of 35 drivers. Mm-hmm. When I go to Day Tennis Hamlet Park and do their championship, I'm picking up trophies. So it's not like, yeah, I don't think yeah. I've, I've, I've you know I've made it. It's just nice for me personally because of that that track was one where I kind of got back into karting. So it's nice to win trophies. So these, these ones are actually. They're, they're nice trophies for me. I think everyone has the tracks as well, isn't it, that you kind of focus on that you're naturally maybe better at. Um, and because you can be good at some and then you struggle with others. And I suppose it's the, the drivers that, that are able to practice so much on all the kind of tracks. And, the, and it is, it's through practice that you get better with all of these ones. But no, I'm sure that will continue to go well. And that when you try all the different circuits, it's just a matter of time before you get up there as well. That um, Now, here we I'll, I'll ask the, the question of tips. Um, for all your, your your viewers here and supporters, no doubt they'll be wanting to, to know, what are your tips for sim racing success? If there were maybe three things that you think make a big difference in sim racing, what would they be? Three things. First is practice. Practice with Ghost. I'll bundle that into one thing. Um, yeah. We were talking about this other night, reducing time trialing late at night, and people were asking, why are you using a Ghost? Isn't, isn't it in your way? And actually, you you pick up a lot subconsciously from the ghost, yeah. Um, even if it's a long way ahead of you. So practicing with a ghost, I think. Uh-huh. The other one is is slow in, fast out. It's just such mm-hmm. a good mantra. Um, and if you if you if you're not sure where you're losing time, if you just try slow in, fast out, there's a good chance it will work for you. Maybe you're just going in too hot, and yeah. all the speeds on the exit. The delta in duty sport is such a good way of seeing that. Yeah. And I wish I could have a delta in karting. You can't use a micron in Club 100, but I wish I could kind of have a similar thing. That's why I apply all the analytics to my karting videos, where I put all the 
GPS, mm-hmm. the lap timing and speed as an overlay, so I can kind of compare laps. So that those those two are the big ones. Mm-hmm. The third ones, I think, is probably you have to enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, yeah. it's a bit of a fruitless exercise. And I think I think a lot of the people who stream GT Sport do really enjoy it. Yeah, and yeah. that's also why they're fast because it's kind of like a holy trinity of you enjoy it spend more time you get faster you enjoy it more spend more time and it just kind of perpetuates so if if you why do you want to be faster if you if you want to be faster because you really enjoy sim racing you want to push yourself and that's great if you want to mm-hmm. be fast because you feel like you're too slow and you're frustrated and you feel like you should be faster mm. that you know i don't know it might not work but if you kind of yeah, if you want to get faster and you're enjoying it and you put in the practice, slow and fast out, I'm sure you'll become faster. We see, is, yeah. we see on my channel that yeah. how long sometimes it takes me to, to get faster and there's no secret. It's just... It's slow and fast out. Yeah, yeah. Now that is that is a good one and, and very, very good. Make sure I was... I should have said to everyone, take notes, get your notepaper ready. And this is the time when you learn invaluable um, uh, information on sim racing. And now you've also got a very good question. Um, from Baz FBR saying, uh, Kirith, um, do you think Gran Turismo is setting a benchmark for other sim games to follow? I think yes, in terms of accessibility. I think it shows that the fact you can have top 16 races and previously they, they led to events around the world that were streamed with you know fantastic commentary and production values and people could get there using a pad is I think where other sim games fall behind. Other sim games are not accessible. Um, so I think it definitely leads the way there. I think it, the other place it leads the way is in terms of viewer enjoyment. I think it is the most enjoyable sim, if we can, if we can call it a sim, to watch streamers do on YouTube. Um, the yeah. racing is close and it's furious and it's well balanced. So yeah, those two key ones, it, I think it does... It does lead yeah. the way. I, I wish iRacing was just a bit more accessible. Um, but it, it's not, and that's part of the beauty of iRacing. It's you know, it's just ruthless. Yeah. Um, I was watch, I was watching Rory just do a stream the other day. We was doing Bathurst in iRacing, yeah. and he got taken out in like half an hour, damage, yeah. and and that was that was the end of 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 the race. It's it's brutal, but yeah. in the, it's highs and lows. So. Yeah, but I, I went off topic there. But GT Sport accessibility, I think, is it is the most accessible sim for sure. Yeah, and we've got a good question here from Loopy Racing. Will we see any Kirith merchandise in the near future? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't think so. Um, so that's uh, not on the cards at the moment. No, I just. I mean, what the purpose of merchandise is to sell stuff. I think we do it virtually. We we our merchandise is Fro Bentos Racing liveries and stuff like that. It's available for everyone to use for free. Which and it's created great. by the community uh-huh. and it's part of the community. So that that is our merchandise. In yeah. terms of physical merchandise, no. Uh-huh. But what you will see, Lippy, is there will be some soon fat man in a cheap sim mugs coming. I ordered go. them today, so you won't go waiting. Um I'm not sure how long it will take them to get to all the way to the other side of the world. But I'm sure we can get it sorted. That um, now, how does somebody go about um, getting some of those libraries? Perhaps people who are not in your community as yet and would like to maybe have a look at some of those libraries. Um, do you make them available? Are they on GT Sport on the library bit, or 
Um, the, the, end up on, the best way is to is to join the, the Discord we have for the community and there is a liveries channel and people mm -hmm. upload their kind of works in progress and decals and inspiration and there's requests and people started doing logos for other people and things like that. So uh, that's that's the best place to kind of really be in it. But if you're just in GT Sport, if you search Kirith or you search Free Bentos, um, they, they, they should come up when they're actually finalised. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. And now, what would be, uh, obviously, you've done lots of sim racing, lots of karting. Would you ever like to have a go in a, a, a race in another series? Uh, you know, for, it could be like hatchbacks, touring cars, whatever it might be. Is there, or a race day somewhere at a specific track? Is there anything that takes your fancy that you would love to have a, a go in a real race? That's a very good question. I never really thought about it. Um... I th so I have driven a Formula Three Thousand car before wow. at Silverstone, and I think open if open wheeled Formula Star cars is, is yeah I'd always be up for driving those. I think they're they're about pure racing. Yeah. Um, the the, the GT three star cars, I don't know. My if you go back all the way to right at the beginning of this stream, we're talking about. Um, you know my my gaming heritage, GP two, mm. GP one. Sorry, Jeff Cramer's yeah. GP one. You know is what I played for years and years and years and years and watching F one. So yeah. kind of that open wheeled racing is what will always be in my first memories as you know racing. So yeah, any any opportunity to drive an open wheeled Formula car, I'll be all over it. Yeah. Um, so I do I do often look out for discounts and stuff on these kind of experiences. Um, I had to see what you can do, isn't it? Yeah. What was it like driving the Formula 3000 car? Because I mean, they were really powerful. That was like, was that not the equivalent of the old kind of F2? Or like, you know, now it was, it was, because uh, I'm sure Jean Alessi won the I think Formula it, 3000. I think they were, they were, they were, they were dialed back. But I can remember the clutch was basically, the clutch didn't really exist. It was basically a button. All right. Same, All right. same with the brake and very loud. Yeah. And, very 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 cool and the sensation of kind of fee feeling the speed and feeling the grip and yeah. the inevitable grin on your face when you accelerate <laughs> down the straight yeah. yeah i think that that is a that is open wheel cars they are built they are built from from the first sketch on the you know um chief designers you know drawing board to just be go as fast as possible yeah uh, because and you were saying so there wasn't was it actually a, a clutch pedal then or was it just an accelerator and a brake and was it a paddle for the the clutch or no there was, was, a, it, was a it was a clutch pedal um right. Right. i don't know that was a safety thing or something but it was it was there was no travel in the clutch and so how every, did you set it off did you just put the clutch down select it on the you paddle have to, you have to rev you have to rev quite high yeah um, Going, going back now, but you have to rev quite high. And lot basically everyone stalled it because no one's revving it high enough to actually uh, to away. You have to yeah. rev it like ridiculously high. Um, <laughs> and then did you have to obviously there's no movement in the clutch. It must be quite hard to know how where the biting point is. Or was it just a matter of if the revs were high enough and you let off the clutch, it just went away? Yeah, it was just it, I just remember it being like a button basically. It's yeah. not like a clutch on a road car where you, there's a biting point. It was yeah. just yeah, it was just a, it was on and off kind of. And what uh, were the brakes like? Were they like a solid pedal, and it would have been very solid, and you just have to put in as much pressure. I remember they were can. very st stiff, 
yeah. but I remember it was all it was actually almost a bit like when I now I think about it, when I went to these low cells first time it's actually quite hard to get to full braking pressure which is good because people it was hard to lock up I did lock up once actually yeah. it had a bit of a sideways moment yeah. um but I think is that also those cars take time to warm up. I, I remember thinking it was after I'd done my stint of karting at university. I remember oh. thinking I can I can kind of see the lineage back from a Club One Hundred car yeah. up to a Formula car. It's kind of you know that that pure performance lineage. Um, so yeah, that's quite a thing. I mean F three. I mean that. When, how long ago was that when you did Formula Three Thousand? Was it yeah, Silverstone? Ten, ten years ago at Silverstone. That's amazing because that, that's a delayed, but yeah, that's a proper car to do a track day in, isn't it? I mean, normally they're lucky if they give you a Formula Ford, and that's about it. So, have you done the Skip Barber racing in iRacing? Because I know quite a few people quite like that. So, I've, I've I do have the Skip Barber. I've I've done a couple of races, um, but the the racing I do most in iRacing. The real reason why I have iRacing is I do the Motorsport UK F3 Championship. Uh-huh. which has been running now for about seven, eight months, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, there's still a few rounds to go. There's another round on Monday. It's about, it's about like a 16-round championship, and mm-hmm. everyone is a Motorsport UK signed-up racing driver. Everyone's got their racing licence, um, and it's split into leagues. And a lot of the drivers there, they race Ginetta Juniors, they race F4 and stuff like that, um, British F4, I think. So they race, you know, all like the BTCC support races. And yeah. because of lockdown, most of what UK, they put on this official iRacing championship. Oh. And that's why I do most of my racing. So that is in an F3 car. Oh. And that is, I really, really enjoy that. That is, in many ways, that is a step above GT Sport in terms of the sensation, in yeah. terms of the braking. There's no ABS. So, you know, you're always at risk of locking up. Yeah. Um and the, the race, I, I've made a few videos on the racing there because it's been some controversial moments, exactly. and, but I've, I've really enjoyed it. Because it gives the impression that your know, drivers are quite professional in iRacing. Um, but because you have to go through the Mazda MX-5 category first, isn't it, when you start iRacing mm-hmm. to get your grades up so that you're good enough to go into something else. Uh, but it looks like there could be some fairly ropey moves as well um, in the races that are above that. I, th- I think ironically, because... This championship is aimed towards people who race in real life. It's not actually aimed towards people who you get three months three free you get three months free i racing subscription if you're a motorsport UK racing driver like like I am. Right. All right. Yeah. So it kind of it, that's how it was put together. So uh-huh. a lot of drivers in the championship don't actually haven't done i racing before. Uh, um, yeah, that's a good thing to note though because a lot of people might not have motorsport UK membership. Um, I've got it myself, actually. I'll need to look at that um, because I'm hoping to get my gaming PC ready soon and to try and see what it's like um, doing iRacing. Uh, but no, that's quite a thing. And here's a good question for you. Um, is it your plan to become a full-time YouTuber? And that was by Given to Fly. No. Um, but I, no. But I do want to I do want to grow the channel uh-huh. and... You know, I have weekends and I have evenings. And if you look at someone like Rory, who is a great person to watch, or you look at someone like Martin Grady, he's a great person to watch. Um, they have spoken a lot about the the risk of trying to do too much with YouTube and trying to do too much with something that you enjoy. 
So I 100% want to keep YouTube and sim racing as something I enjoy and a hobby and not something more. Um, I, mm. I think it's very dangerous to kind of take something you enjoy and then put too much pressure on it. Yeah, um, yeah. So for those reasons, I'm very we're very, very lucky. With our, we have the best community in GT Sport. It's such a supportive, helpful, welcoming community for all levels. Uh-huh. I think that's the key. It's like literally all levels. We have people like Nathan, Russell, VQS, Ryan is even in there. And then yeah. people really starting out. And you can ask anyone for tips, ask anyone for help. And I think it's me as kind of someone who's doing it in the evenings or weekends. I think it's it's a nice part of that. I don't want to, yeah. you know, be too serious about it. So, yeah, those, those are my thoughts. Yeah, no, that's very good because, as you see, I think it's nice to be able to enjoy YouTube and your community and have that as a nice encouragement when you're working full time as well, um, and not to have that push that it has to pay or it has to um, be the the be all and end all. Um, which can affect things, which is, which is, uh, you know, I think people, they put themselves under that undue pressure and then you can feel the stress, then you, you stop enjoying the community and the racing and things like that. But, uh, but that answers one of the questions from Philip Hofton, um, who was saying, what, what's the most enjoyable thing about videos and streaming in your community? Um, but you were saying just how nice everybody is and how helpful they all are. Um, is there anything else you could add to that, perhaps? Yeah, everyone's not always nice. <laughs> but it's like, I think I don't have the pressure of, I, I, I think the question is what I enjoy the most. I just enjoy racing. And I'm very lucky that I get to stream and it takes me two minutes, sometimes I'm a bit late, it takes me two minutes to press a button and I'm streaming. And, you know, I'm very lucky that people want to watch and people want to join in. I'm just, I'm incredibly privileged because of that. And I don't have to worry about are the videos getting views, are we getting subscribers, are we getting dislikes? It genuinely is not a thing yeah. for me because yeah. I just enjoy racing and I'm lucky that some people want to watch. And I think that also means the stream is more relaxed and yeah. stream different streamers have kind of different characteristics to their community, I guess. And I think our characteristic is maybe that we're quite chilled out most of the time, quite relaxed. We do different things. We race together a lot, and yeah, I just I enjoy the thing I enjoy the most every week is on a Sunday we practice next week's daily races. All right, yeah, yeah, it's just, that's the thing I enjoy the most, and we normally finish by doing our own own special races. Yeah, I think that's how I found you through Loopy Racing. He was in your in your uh, um, the in the lobby, and he said, "I'll oh, try and join in for it." For whatever reason, I couldn't find it on GT Sport lobbies. I couldn't find your 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 group. Uh, but maybe I was looking for the wrong name or something, but I wasn't in your Discord at that point. Um, but is that the easiest way to find your lobby? Is it in the Discord? People have said, yeah, Discord's the easiest way because it always goes live there. But people have said they can't find it before. I don't know if it's because it's full or because... I know sometimes people have had to add me and then restart the game. Um, but yeah, I've had, I've, I have that myself when I race in other people's lobbies. Sometimes yeah. I need to restart the game and then it pops up. But yeah, right, this, this is always the best place to kind of just see what what's going on yeah yeah well that's the thing now i was just quickly looking um here for a question um that was all there oh yes um from ian b55 uh what was it like when you accidentally ended up in top split fia race yeah so we did that we did end up in top split once I'm trying to think back i think it was at autopolis in like some Nissan Skyline car that I'd never driven before. And 
we were doing some daily racing and we saw that there was a last chance to get into FIA and we thought, should we do it? And then we did it and we ended up going into top split and we basically just tried to not finish last. And I can't remember if we finished last or not. But um, yeah, it was genuinely a top split race. And it was in, you know, with the road cards, they're very, they're hard to get into and drive off the bat. You kind of need to work them out because the brakes are normally quite bad and they don't have a lot of grip in various places and they roll a lot. And we didn't have any of that time. So it was good fun. I hope I hope we'll make it back into a top split race with the practice. That That's my hope. And um, and when, when the games come out for the next Xbox, next PlayStation, hopefully we'll be there at the beginning. We can kind of, you know, go, go from the beginning and, and, and be there rather than trying to catch up a bit like we've done in GT Sport. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. Well, it sounds like with the performances you're doing, I mean, you'll be, you know, you're, you're, to get into FIA top split, is pretty good anyway. Um, it's, 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 you have to be at the top of your game to do that. Um, and so, if you keep that that up, I'm sure that will be the case. Um, and you'll get, uh, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll keep going. And I think as GT7 arrives, it's going to be really interesting to see what the races are like, how they've improved it, the graphics any better because the machine will be a lot better, um, and to see what it will be like. Now, we did have another question as well. Um, let me quickly go back to it. How do you find it transferring from live karting? to racing with sim games, as I still notice your habit of hitting the accelerator straight after braking in Gran Turismo Sport. That's a good question. I know that when I come back from karting and I and I jump into the rig, um, I tend to be applying much more force to the brake. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the difference I notice. I think also in karting, what I was speaking about earlier in terms of my session with David Perrell, and he told me, yeah, chill out, chill out off the throttle. You can't always be on the throttle. Sometimes you just got a coast. That doesn't really apply in karting. Karting is much more digital with the brake and the throttle. In fact, there's a lot of th- double pedaling in karting. You're not really meant to do it. Yeah. But it's very much as soon as you're off the brake, you're on the throttle. Yeah. So I suspect I probably do too much of that in duty sports still. So I, I tend to get on the throttle a bit pre-apex because I'm lifting off the brake. And that means I actually end up kind of shooting past the apex rather than getting the optimal line so i think that's the biggest thing for me i don't know if anyone else in the chat is carton like nathan or someone but yeah i I find that kind of road cars you have to there's no real weight transfer in karting Uh Uh, it's just if you're not on the throttle you're not going so you have to be on the throttle pretty Mm -hmm. much all the time some people on the throttle even when they're braking just to keep the revs up whereas in the road yeah yeah i think the race you're talking about the other day when you were watching in the Clios, yeah, that, that Red Bull ring that was very much about weight transfer and you know not asking the car to do too much, very gentle with the inputs. That is actually the opposite of karting. Karting, you want to be very very aggressive with all the inputs to get the car to to basically turn quicker. Yeah, yeah. Now that's the thing. Oh no, it's great to know that we do have some funny comments here that we're saying. Um, uh, when is Loopy Racing going to be on the show? And I said, are you available this Thursday? And then he's come back to me saying, I don't think my language is suitable for the viewers. Yeah, you want but, those filters, those beep filters. Yeah, so if I have to donate a dollar for every bleep that goes, <laughs> that goes across there, Luffy. But no, I'm sure we'd love to have you on the show. It would be great. Um, but uh, well, that's been, we've been going for just over an hour. In fact, someone's saying that it would be a Peggy 18, Luffy, if I had to put that on the show. But I do have on my YouTube channel that it's not for kids. So hopefully we would be, we would be absolutely fine. But um, we've done just over an hour of questions and uh, it's been fantastic.
to have you on the show uh, here, Kirith. Now, do you have any kind of last minute tips and kind of uh, the things you would say for all your viewers and the community that have been uh, subscribing to your channel and following you in your racing? Um, not really. <laughs> so I'm always very grateful that people tune in and and enjoy the racing and you know, enjoy being part of the community. I think my question actually was to you, Hugh, and how you have found it interviewing various people in the sim racing community. Have you and and how kind of the coronavirus situation 2020? Have you noticed things get bigger? Have you noticed things change? Have you know what have you noticed in people that you've interviewed and then kind of re-interviewed just yeah. you're in a very lucky position actually it's a very very cool thing that you're doing kind of chronicling you know um you know the sim racing community in an international sense so very interested to kind of hear flip it back around hear hear your yeah. thoughts on, on that. absolutely no it's a good question i mean i have to say because i've been interviewing people on and off for the last couple of years and I, it, it came from watching super gt and i thought you know i, I do the car I, I do at that time it was a car do advisor show where we mainly talked about cars rather than actual racing as such but if i thought if i could get into someone who was in who was racing that would be amazing and then i got into i'd been watching super gt for quite a while and into all of that um and i just asked him i gave him a a, a comment um and at the time it was quite quiet and he answered my comment and i simply said um you know i do a podcast would you be up for doing that um, and so, and he said yes. So it was quite the first time. It was just only a, a, a audio only. Then it became video uh, a year or so later. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's interesting because it, it seemed to be growing right the way from even 2015 and onwards. You could kind of sense that things were happening. And at that point, uh, I only had a, a, the the pad. You know, I didn't have the sim rig, um, and uh, and I was desperate to go faster. So I started watching the more like Super GT and other Tijney and others um, because they were doing. You know, they were so fast. I thought, how on earth? Can it be four or five seconds a lap quicker than me? Um, so going on from that to this year, um, you could sense that it was about to explode. You could sense that you know there were so many things. I think even without COVID, I kind of I've, you know COVID has been a horrendous thing for everybody. But it, what was kind of you kind of feel there's been a delay because there's so many like the sim grid and there's all these racing leagues and you know there's so many things for enthusiasts and GD Sport players and other game players to to get involved in. They were all so excited as to what was going to happen. So they are all like people like David Perel was saying, you know, he can't wait to do more sim racing as well as alongside his real racing. So that's kind of what happened. And then when COVID hit, it kind of went quiet for a, a few weeks. And then all of a sudden, you know, we thought, what's going to happen? And then the sim grid was launched. And then all these all these kind of championships that like, um, F1 went online and they had their their Formula One esports, which I didn't think was that great, to be fair. I don't think they put into it what they should have done. Um, but it was more of a joke when the Bay, Bay races were on. So yeah, it's. I think people see it as it's. Um, it's more exciting than ever. There's more opportunities than ever. And I know from people like David Perel, he wants people to have a chance to wherever they are today to get into a championship and to have a chance of winning. You know, to see what it takes to win, um, and to do it properly. So if they want to do it professionally, they can. And there is now potential that if you do well enough, you could get a seat in a real racing championship. Um, it has now been done. So it's it's interesting. All of them, like even people like Rory and, and others, you know, that some of them are quite happy, you know, um, where they are and they want to grow their channels and things like that. But maybe they're not. They would like to have a go in a racing car, maybe do a track day. Uh, but then some of them you meet and they're desperate to have a go in a real car. They're desperate to race and, and do something. So I think I can't wait uh, for hopefully for COVID to ease up and for uh, and for the big events to come back. Because um, I was when I spoke to Josh Martin a few weeks back, 
he was actually uh, racing. Uh, he was doing a commentary of a sim race. It was a GT3 race at Monza. He was actually at Monza at the end of the pit lane in a building. So when he was commentating on, on the sim race, the real cars were going past him in the background and you saw them exiting the pits. So I think the excitement of that, um, you know, when, when people can come along and not only watch a race at somewhere like Monza or Silverstone and then go into a, a building and watch a sim race potentially take part. Um, is, is for me that's the most exciting thing you could do because it, it invigorates you to think I'm actually involved in motorsport now you know um, so well, that's been the biggest thing I've gotten from uh, interviewing all these different racers uh, and sim racers and, and real racers so it's uh, I say real racers but it's a it's a mixture um, that's been the thing I certainly feel so speaking of that Hugh just re just reminded me we, we can announce it announce it first here on this channel that has reminded you I am going to be racing. Lando Norris in F1 2020 in about a month's time. Wow. So we'll be streaming that on the channel. We'll be racing wow. Lando. Um, That's huge. That's a bit of a bombshell. Yeah. But, uh, there's, there's an exclusive for you, Hugh. Big, big um, scoop. <laughs> I'm going to have to put that in the description. I'm going to have to rewrite the description now. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to be racing Lando Norris. Um, Fantastic. It's an uh, evening about 22nd or something, November. And yeah, we'll be practicing more F1 2020 on the stream to get ready for that. <laughs> but yeah. that'll be that'll be another good. I think you just reminded me because talking about the the explosion, maybe we need a name for it, Hugh. That what happened to sim racing around yeah. you know March of this year, in yeah. kind of as you say, you know, terrible circumstances, but a big moment for sim racing. I think you've you've obviously got your finger on the pole. So you know, it, it was ready to explode, and it did. That that merging of the real racing world and the sim racing world, which is something that I've been doing my karting, my sim racing, and can vouch and say they feed into the same area. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think is is now is now apparent. So, yeah, yeah. the fact that you know they're racing against Landon Norris just shows again that wouldn't have even been conceivable a few years ago that you know I would be racing against an F1 driver. But now it's actually not that weird, um, which in itself is weird. But yeah, yeah very very interesting. <laughs> No, it's, it's, it is. I mean, I think this is a real way of inv in reinvigorating motorsport and getting the fans involved in a way they could never have done before. Um, and I, I hope it will be the kind of the kind of uh, rebirth of motorsport um, as we come out of COVID to be able to do all these these big events. We're hoping next year when the Jim Clark Rally is on, because we're I'm based here in the Scottish Borders uh, in Duns, and we have the, the Jim Clark Motorsport Museum uh, in Duns, which is just relaunched last year um, and has done extremely well. And they always have the Jim Clark Rally. Normally, it's at the end of May, um, and we're hoping that when, that uh, the next time it takes place, not only will we have that all there because it's you know thousands of people come to Duns to see it, but we will have a proper sim race. Um, and I'll try and get some of the top racers. So you are welcome um, to come along with all your buddies and community. I always put this out to everybody. We want to see Duns packed out with all these sim racers and fans. Um, and we'll have a marquee. We'll make sure we have lots of sims available, and we'll get the top drivers uh, racing against each other, and hopefully um, uh, also members of the communities racing against uh, their favourite drivers too. So when it all comes about, I will make sure you have plenty of notice. Um, but it, it would be lovely to see you. Are you based in the Midlands? Or are you down south? How far away are you from Scotland? I'm I'm not that close to Scotland, but it'll be nice, be a nice drive. Yeah, def definitely excited for that. And I think the kind of that merger of even not at an elite level, but mm. at a at a low grassroots level, you know, communities that grow in sim racing, yeah. when everything reopens, you know, I'm sure people will go karting together. I'm sure our community will go down to the kart track 
yeah. we'll have a kart race together and that will be a very special thing because we'll have raced each other on track many many times and we will have that respect and we will we'll have that kind of competitive edge but you know like a, a, a good competitive edge so yeah. i'm sure in the same way that it's like a cycle you know things came out of real real racing and sim racing oh. i think it will it will feed back as well so that'll be that'll be very cool yeah yeah oh that's fantastic well look thank you very much kira for coming on the show it's been amazing having your insight into the racing of, of and karting and sim racing uh, and all of these things coming together and hopefully we can see you in the very near future remember to keep in touch with us uh, and we'll be involved in looking at your leagues and trying to come up with your youtube channel to see how it all grows and, and how it all works and of course we've got many of your community we're all friends we're all intertwined in the sim racing community and it's been fantastic for all of you chaps out there guys and girls watching tonight from all over the world um it's been a brilliant show and thank you very very much for watching tonight we'll be back again on monday at nine o'clock for more fat man in a cheap sim which is me racing and uh, see if we can break the the barriers and get to a, a and s level that would be the ideal for monday night but what a fantastic guest kirith have been um and it's just brilliant to have you on the show uh, with all your tips of the trade i'm sure people will have been really taking that on board uh, and look forward to putting that into practice when they race you next in your lobby so watch out they might be learning from what you're saying and uh, keeping you on your toes they're all, they're all faster than anyway here Th thanks a lot for having me on really appreciate it. i never really stopped to kind of take take stock um be yeah, a very, very uh, thank you a lot for the for invitation very very happy to be here oh you're very very welcome stay on the line as we finish the show uh, but our big motto on the car sim and race driver show is of course this let's drive fast and try not to crash. See you next week. Take care and bye just now. See ya.